You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. But guys, we, we're super honored and blessed here today to have our friend James Bonney with us. Some of you might be like, who is James? James, why don't you come on up? Can we get a round of applause for James? A good life tree welcome. Uh, James, James has become a friend of ours over this last year. Uh, our good friend Steve Schroeder, who if you guys don't know, if anyone here you don't know Steve, Steve's the president of the CMA, which is the Christian Ministers Association through which I and others around here are ordained. Uh, and, and Steve's just like an awesome mentor, father, amazing man who loves Jesus and carries the presence of God around with him. And Steve was like, you got to meet my friend James. And so James came here some point this last year. This is now his third visit with us, first time here on a Sunday morning. But James has been on a real journey uh, with Jesus. Jesus is just teaching him all sorts of amazing things about walking with the Spirit uh, and we really believe, guys, in this idea of impartation, okay? We believe that when God is doing something in and through a person's life, that it actually spills over onto our life just by hanging around them. And we really like what we see Jesus doing in James' life. And so we want to just be in a space here this morning where we're open to that spilling over into our community. Would we agree? Just trust me, okay? He, he's got the good, good things happen to James' life. And we're grateful for him. Um, and so let's just extend our hands, pray for James, welcome him, and then we're going to hand it over to you, man. So, Father, we thank you for our friend. Father, we thank you for just the beautiful story that you are weaving in and through his life. We thank you, God, in advance for what you have for us that you've placed in him for today. We just bless him. We bless him to bring all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. If you uh, have a Bible, we're going we're gonna to look at uh, John chapter 2. So we're going to look at a few verses in John chapter 2. We're going to go to the wedding at Cana. Uh, I was power washing my deck and I was praying about what the Lord wanted me to say. And he said, talk about like my mom, like Jesus' mom. So we're going to talk about two lessons we learn about walking with him that were really, really meaningful to me about Jesus' mom. And I laughed because I knew it was Mother's Day. And typically I've been a, I was a pastor for 16 years and still in ministry and, you know, you, you plan a Mother's Day sermon, and I've kind of gotten away from that. And I was like, he still likes Mother's Day sermons. So we're going to go, we're going to look at Jesus' mom, yeah, and we're going to learn at what, what kind of ways she uh, knew about him, interacted with him. There's two lessons, there's two takeaways I really hope uh, that you'll, you'll feel, that you'll encounter him. But I want to say this, I, uh, I'm going to tell you some stories. I've... I've seen Jesus do some things in my life in the last few weeks that I just know he's excited to share. So I really feel, this will sound maybe not too strange to you, but it, it has been for me. I, I really want you to know that I, I don't want to just preach this message, but he's really here. 
and and there's there's him like you know when when Peter goes up the temple and the, and the beggar is like you know do you have anything for me he's like he's like gold and silver I do not have but what I do have I give to you and it's him and so there's some things that uh, I'm believing in Jesus for and I really believe Jesus is going to do some things while I am teaching now I told Caleb I've never had it before where I've really had such a confidence he's going to start healing people in the middle of a sermon and so I really believe he's going to do it now uh, let me share just a quick overview so you know I was a pastor went to Moody Bible Institute I was at West Side planted a campus on the North Shore of Vancouver uh, about two and a half years ago, I had this encounter with God where he said to me, I want to have a deeper friendship with you. And, and it, it cost. There was something he was asking me to give up. And I, it, it was painful, but I gave it up because I wanted him so much. And I made this commitment with him that I was going to spend one hour with him in the forest up on the North Shore where I live. One hour a day, rain or shine, other than Saturdays, I got four kids. But I was going to do it, and I did it. And here's what I did. Uh, I, I walk into this forest and I would tell Jesus three things. I would say, number one, I'm not here for the exercise. I would tell him that, like out loud. People are hiking me and they're like, that guy is talking to someone. We should, yeah. And the second thing I said is this. I said, yeah, yeah come on. Um, I said, I don't want to get to heaven and find out I had a weird relationship with my brain. Okay, so if you're going to speak to me, it's got to be you. I would just tell him that because that was not my normal uh, and number three, I would just say, God, your word says, seek your face. And I just want intimacy with you. And I remember about three weeks later, I was working on a message, and uh, I missed my time with him, like my walk. Usually I drop the kids, do my walk. And I was studying because I was really anxious because I was preaching, and I felt like the Holy Spirit gently say, we didn't walk today. And I was like, I literally said this out loud, I don't have time. I have to, f- I've, and then I thought in my head, like, what am I doing? Like, so I shut my laptop, and this was the first time I walked in to the forest, and I could feel uh, in, in my inner being this joy and peace, and I just wanted to go be with him, and I remember there were days where I would take my kids to school, and I would drive, and, I, and it didn't matter if my sermon was done. I just wanted to go be with him. There was something about just consistently wanting to go be with him that I, I couldn't even wait, and there were times where where. You know, he wouldn't say anything, but I would be walking back to my car and I would hear this. I love doing this with you. And I would smile and I would think this. You know what? God, like even if that's me, I've not, that's a pretty nice thought to say to myself. Like, it, like a demon wouldn't say that. I must be hearing God's voice. And so then one day I'm like on this mountain and I'm, I'm like, I'm so hungry for him. And I felt like he said to me while we were worshiping, I asked, I asked him, what does he love about you? And I heard him say, they're very hungry for me. And I was like, oh, that's so good. So I'm so hungry for him. And I'm just, you know, I'm just like a happy guy walking up, talking to Jesus. I got a list, but I'm also just talking. And a woman passes me, and I hear this phrase, her sister misses her, and she should call her. And I'm like, what? And she keeps going, and my heart's like, you know, like that. Like, and I'm like, what do you? I was, I was like, okay. And he's like, go tell her. And I'm like, go tell her. So I'm like, Okay, I've never done this before. So I'm like running up the, you know, Mount Seymour Mountain, this poor hiker. It's like in the middle of COVID. I'm like, ma'am, excuse me, excuse me. Um, this, is, this was my opening line. I've never done this before, but I said, I'm a Christian. I go on this mountain and I pray, and I think I might have heard something for you from God. Can I share that with you? And she's like, you know, extra social distancing at this point. And, um, and I'm like, 
I'm thinking the whole time, what if she didn't even have a sister? Like the whole way, I'm like, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. And, uh, and I just said to her, I just felt like God say to me that your sister misses you. And you guys, as soon as I said it, you could feel the weight of the spirit on her. She just started crying. And I, as soon as I said, and you should call her, she said, my sister just moved to New York. And I, I was in anxiety all morning if I should call her. And she was just like, that's from God. And she could just feel this moment of love. And I said, oh my, I just, I literally, that, cha- that rocked me. So she, le- I said, can I pray for you? She's like, yes. And I was just, we were praying together. And, uh, and she leaves and I felt like, like, I just had one of those w- women at the well moments. Yeah, and it, w- it was unbelievable. Okay, so I'll tell you another fun woman at the well story. So, la- like, a month ago in March, I'm going to tell you about some healing. I've seen Jesus heal the sick. And so uh, it was March 31st, and I was on, like, first in Esplanade, downtown North, North Vancouver. And I see this woman carrying crutches and a boot. And normally what happens, uh, I've, been, I've been practicing hearing God's voice. I got to teach the youth on it a f- few months back with you guys. But um, so I've been practicing hearing God's voice. It was just, you know, I always ask the Lord, what do you love? And, and normally what happens when I'm in on a Sunday morning is I will stare at you. So if I've been staring at you a little bit, you're like, he's got something. Um, it's weird because I'll stare at someone and I don't even know I'm staring at them. And I'll be like, I am staring at this person. And, and then I'll be like, oh, okay, Jesus has something. So I'll ask Jesus. And so anyways, this woman walks by, and I'm staring at her. And this hasn't happened outside of church, okay, just so you know. And I'm like, why am I, I'm like, oh my goodness, Jesus, do you want me to do something? And I feel like he says, pray for her. I'm like, for healing? He's like, yes. And I'm like, oh, I've never, same thing. I'm like, okay. So ma'am, guys, this is like a month ago. I'm like, ma'am, excuse me. Uh, I said, hi. I said, I'm a Christian. And uh, I actually felt God's compassion for you, and I saw you walk by. Can I pray for healing for you? I just went all out. I was like, the whole sense is coming out, so she can reject the whole thing. Um, can I pray for healing for you? And she says, yes. I'm in so much pain. There's something called invisible sand on, on like, sandy beaches in the winter that it looks like it's hard, but it's, like, got a hole in it. And she hit a rock and shattered her heel. And so... She was like, I'm in so much pain. It's the first day the doctor let me go out. I said, oh, okay, I'd love to. I said, what's your name? She's like, Sally. I said, okay, Sally. I said, here's what I'm going to do, just so you are aware and you don't think I'm weird. I said, I'm going to ask God quietly if he has anything to share. And if I don't hear anything, then I will, I will just pray for you. So if you see that I'm silent, that's what I'm doing. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so um, I said, okay. So I close my eyes, and uh, I see two children just like, and I know they're kids, um, and I just said, do you, have, do you have children? She's like, yeah, I have two, and I was like, okay. Um, I said, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for your oldest girl. She's like, she's just so blown away by it, but I said, you know what? Let's pray for healing, so um, I closed my eyes, and I just say, okay, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come, so I said, Holy Spirit, would you just come now, and I'm closing my eyes, and I'm just waiting, and then all of a sudden, in my mind's eye, I see her heel, like these bones coming together. And I just said, Jesus is now touching your heel. And I, and I can see her foot go into a pink, like, slipper. And I said, and I just say it out loud. I'm like, I'm just going to risk. And your foot's now going into a slipper. And I said, I command all those bones to come back into, in Jesus' name. All muscles restore. I command healing over you. Jesus loves Sally. Sally, be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. I look at her, and she's like, 
okay. And I said, okay, let's pray for your oldest daughter. I said, I heard the word strength. She starts crying. She's like, she's in, she just starts talking about what's going on with her daughter. I said, we're going to pray for her. And then I hear the Holy Spirit say, have her walk. I'm like, oh yeah, I just prayed for healing for you. I was like, why don't you take a few steps? So she's like, okay. And she does it. And you guys, you guys know like when you're watching like one of those like uh, magician Netflix shows where they throw the card behind you and you're like, what? It was one of those. She was just like, huh? And she's like, I'm like, what? She's like, it's, I, I, she's like, I don't know. I don't know. That's better. I'm like, it's, are you, I, I'm, I still don't believe when God does stuff. I'm like, what? Are you just telling me because I'm a weird stranger and you're just, you wanted me to leave? She's like, no, it's, it feels better. I was like, no way, God, that's awesome. And so, so we just prayed. And it was, again, it was just one of those moments where, where you just, you wait and you listen and you're available uh, and I tell you those stories just because I'm trying to listen to him while I'm talking. Um, I'll tell you this. So we, we started attending a church that we love downtown called Church Untitled. And I had never really prayed for the sick uh, like this. You know, I, I, I actually prayed a lot like just, God, I hope, just I'm hoping that they feel any encouragement, <laughs> you know, if it's your will. Amen. That's how I used to pray for 15 years. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm in the lobby and... Uh, and church is over, but this woman hears that I'm supposed to pray for her finger. And she's like, this had this like really painful, like aching finger, has a, had ultrasounds, medicine. She can't figure it out. She's like, can you pray for it? And I haven't prayed for healing yet. So this is back in November. And, um, you know, my, like, it was just a rough morning. It was a rough morning. I had no faith, no faith. And she's like, I believe you can pray for my hand. And I'm like, okay. So I close my eyes. I can see oil on her hands. So I'm like, that's new for me. So I was like, okay. I said, I saw oil. I just tell people what I see. I said, I saw oil on your hands. I think I'm supposed to put oil on your hands. She's like, okay. So I have oil. So I put on her hands, and I said, let me just pray. So I just sense oil represents being set apart, and God loves her hands. So I said to her, I said, I think God really loves your hands, and he wants to tell you about it. I said, I'll still pray for healing, but I think he wants to heal your hands. Uh, I think he wants to show you what he loves about your hands. And so I said, why don't for the next three nights... You, you, every night before you go to bed, just ask Jesus what he loves about your hands. And so I said, okay, in Jesus' name, I just pray this finger to be better. And amen. Nothing. She's like, okay. And so, so she lives in Abbotsford. So the floods happened that you guys all heard about. And like two weeks later, she's in church. And at the very end, she's like, oh, hey, James. I'm like, yeah. She's like, God healed my hand. I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's totally healed. I'm like, it's healed? She's like, yeah, you prayed. I was like, wait, what? come over here. I was like, I've never seen that happen. And she's like, oh, I just did the three-day thing. I was like, what's the three-day thing? I'm like, that's not a method. Like, that's, you know, like, I'm thinking in my head, like, don't turn that into a, she's like, oh, I thought it was a method. I told my mother-in-law to do it. Her back's completely healed. I'm like, what? I was like, girl, tell me what happened. She's like, okay. Um, She's like, the first night I just, I prayed. And she's like, I rarely don't even really know how to hear God's voice. But when I asked God what he loved about my hands, I felt his love flow through my body, and I could hear him say, you're such a good mom. You're a beautiful artist. He, and he just affirmed me, and it was so powerful. So I called my mother-in-law. I said, Mom, you got to try this three-day thing. And uh, so her mom does it that night. The second night, she goes, and she prays, and she can feel electricity go into her finger, and it gets completely healed. And so the third night, she's in bed, like, happy, and she's like, oh, yeah, it's three things. So like, she gets up, 
And she prays again. She can feel full function in both hands as if they're brand new hands. And so she tells her mother-in-law that, and her mother-in-law gets her back. It's completely healed after like 10 or 11 years of incredible deep back pain. Because she did the three, and I was like, oh my goodness. So then I'm on my prayer walks because I do it every day. And one of the questions I always ask and encourage you to ask, uh, usually on a Wednesday, I'll ask Jesus, what do you want to do this Sunday? And normally I will hear like something just powerful in terms of like, I want to bring peace or I'll hear maybe like a word for someone. Uh, this time I hear this. So this is like the week after this healing of the finger. I hear I'm healing knees. And I've never heard that before. So I'm, this is me. I'm like physical knees. Like knees. And I hear yes. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, God. So then I'm like, okay. So I text the pastor because I need accountability because I don't want to be the weird guy in the forest. Which I already am. <laughs> you know. True story. My wife worked at like, uh, like just down the little like market area uh, at, a, at a naturopath clinic. And one person came in and was like, hey, is your husband the guy in the forest? She's like, no. I don't know. That guy? That guy? It's like John the Baptist. a weirdo. So uh, that's actually happened. Okay. Um, so where am I going? Uh, uh, yeah, knees, 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 knees. Okay. So then I text for accountability because like, I don't want to be the weird guy in the forest. So, um, you know, I, I said, hey, Ryan, I think God's healing knees, you know. And so we, we get there that Sunday. We do a little preach thing we're doing. And then I just go down for the last song. And, and I can, you know, I'm just, I'm, I forgot about what he told me. And all of a sudden, I keep hearing, I'm healing knees, I'm healing knees, I'm healing knees. And I, I'm thinking, in my, I'm like, I kind of turn. I'm like, Jesus, are you just telling me this? Because we're like friends. And like, this is, like, what do you want me? And he said, no, go release a healing. And I was like, I've never done that. And uh, so I'm, I, go to, I go to the pastor, I said, and this is almost over. And I just said, I think I'm supposed to go pray and release a healing for knees. He's like, James, the fire of God's on me. I'm like, what is that? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know. Well, then you go. So I hand him the mic. And so he goes up and he's just like, just looks around and he sees this one woman, a woman named Kim. And, he, and, he's like, and he just gives her a prophetic word. God's not done with you. There's a new thing like what you've been longing for and praying for is going to happen. And then, he, and then he hands me the mic. And you guys can watch this. It's really funny because I look super spiritual, but I am dying on the inside. I'm like this because I don't want to see. And I'm thinking, I'm literally thinking the entire time, what if he doesn't do it? And, what, and, and I just, so this is me. I just say this. I say, I say, the Father is healing knees. And then I can feel this compassion hit me. And I say, he's going to restore your prayer life. And you've been praying for this for so many years, and it's your day. And I look up, and Kim's on the floor. She's just crying and weeping. She was a professional soccer athlete in her, young, like in her 20s, so they wouldn't do an operation on her knee yet. Hasn't been able to run for four years. Had to quit everything and go into a whole different industry. And she was there that morning, and she felt like God to- told her that week, I want to heal you. And she gets completely healed, like her full knee injury. And she's running on the beach that night, sharing, the next day, sharing her testimony. And I, I have, and you guys, I am just like on the floor because I've never seen this before. The next day I hear he's healing backs and necks. And so I'm like, okay. So same thing happens. There was, some, there was a dad who couldn't pick up his kids because he had such a back injury from when he was 16. I started praying for him. I saw a demon on his shoulder, which I've never, usually don't see that. And I asked him, when did this happen? He shared a story, and I said, okay. I said, I'm just going to tell something to leave. Is that okay? He's like, okay. And I just commanded this thing to go, and I said, your back's healed in Jesus' name. And it was completely healed. And I'm like, this is different for me. I'm like, I'm like I think I've read that he does this, but it's just different. 
And you guys, it's, I, I, I just, when you, but, but here, here's what I want to share with you. And, okay, so let me, there's one more story I'm going to tell you when we get to John. But here's why I'm starting this way. I really felt like the Lord say to me in this message that, um, that he wants to bring healing. That there are some of you who have been praying for healing. And I think he's going to heal you. So I'm going to ask you to do something really, a uh, little bit risky. But while I'm sharing these testimonies and while you're hearing me, if you feel like there's anything happening in your body, like you feel like there's any heat or any tingling, um, or you just feel like a little bit of jitter, like almost laughter jitter, and, and you're here and you go, I think he's going to heal me today. If you feel it while I am preaching, because there's going to be a few more stories, I felt like he wanted me to, sh- I feel like he's going to heal you. I just want you to, uh, you can do two things because I asked him today on my walk. You can either raise your hand. And wherever you're raising your hand or stand, the person next to you, just put your hand on his or her back and ask God what you're to pray and just start praying for him. Because I think he's going to heal the sick. We also have a team after that is, is, is here to pray for healing after the service because we have like Mother's Day stuff. So, um, uh, so we're, we're going to do a separate room for prayer for healing. But I really feel like he's healing today. So, which is really exciting for me because I love when he does it. And I felt like he said to me that there's a few of, there, I, can, I can tell who you are. But I'm not going to stare at you because then you'll be like, don't do the thing. But there's a few of you in here where, I, where when I was praying for you, I felt like God say to me that there's two or three, that you have lived the last kind of six to nine months believing, um, I heard the word misses, meaning like you've, you have felt like in your life you've missed it, that you were supposed to do something, but you felt like you missed it, and you have all these similar to regrets, but it doesn't carry like regret, but you feel like you're missing out, or you've missed something, or something has really turned in your life, and you're like, I think I, if I would have made this decision, I missed it. And if that's you, he's going to heal that. There's some pain in there, and he wants to tell you that he, you didn't miss it, because he doesn't make a mistake in those misses, and, and so he's going to heal that. Uh, I heard the word broken pieces, broken vessels, that, that there's some of you here who you have felt like you're not usable. And he's going to put you back. You're going to feel it. Like he's going to put you back together. He's going to give you, this is an interesting word. I actually heard the word disconnect old phones and reconnect new ones. That like, I don't know if that represents physical bodies, but I feel like in the name of Jesus, he is going to almost not give you a new like software update, but a brand new phone. And I think that represents how you communicate to God. So some of you have been praying and asking God to hear him. Like you want a new connection with him. You want a new phone in heaven. And he's going to give you that today in Jesus' name. So these are things that, I, that he's told me he's going to do. And here's what I know. Normally I would be like, well, but I've seen him do it. When he tells me things up on the mountain, I just come down. I try to do what he says. And, and so I'm just telling you in faith that's happening. I actually heard lymph nodes. So if you have any swelling or lymphatic stuff like that, anything like that, or if you know someone who's got lymphatic cancer, we're going to pray for them, and they're going to be healed. It's going to be really cool. Okay, wow, you're like, this guy's got a lot of faith. He does, so let's go. Okay, so John chapter 2, where does this faith come from? Jesus. Um, John chapter 2. Yeah, I, I just, he's really happy right now. It's so fun. Okay, one on the, on the third day. That's really interesting. Okay, point that out. Third day, we just came out of uh, Easter. What happens on the third day? Resurrection, new life. It is on the third day. 
It's, it's really cool because it's a wedding, you know, and on the third day when Jesus went on the cross, um, it says that that not only did he, he pay the penalty for your sin and all your iniquity, um, but all, all your diseases, all of it. And, and Jesus did something in his death that he killed it off. He killed the old you off. He didn't just like make you kind of like fixed up. He, he was like, let's kill that old nature off and we're going to make them new. And so on the cross, Jesus, the father put your sin on him. And on the cross, the judgment, your judgment day happened. It's paid. Like, woo, it's in full. But when he rose from death, it was like everything he claimed to do and everything he did to give us new life, which will go into forever and ever, it, it, it's brand new. It's like water to wine. It's unbelievable. And you're different. And there, there, there's a, we'll keep, I don't want to, let's keep going. Okay. On the third day, there was a wedding at Canaan, Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. You know what's interesting about the mother of Jesus? Is it like, in his earthly life at that point, no other human on the earth would have known him that well. And so, you know, sometimes I think we can imagine Jesus' mom a little stressed at the wedding. I picture her like a very non-anxious person because she's been with him for 30 years. She just knows his nature. Like, I, I actually feel like she's probably the most cheerful person at the wedding. Um, and, and like all moms... You know your, your sons. You know them. You, you've watched them in their 20s. That's a rough... You've watched them in their teenagers. And, and, and so they know each other. There is a, there's a level of... Now, here, here, now, look right at me. There's a level of intimacy and connection that is present in the way she communicates, in the way, she, in the way he communicates back to her. There, there is this honor. You've got to think of the most honoring person who never sinned, Jesus... Who, who was your son? Moms, imagine the most honoring son in his 20s and in his, in his teens. Like, this is the most honoring son. And, and she knows him. She knows what his destiny is. She knows his nature and his goodness. And so sometimes I think we, we relationally pull away from Scripture, just kind of like learn the facts and understand what's going on and what's the theological truth. But she is present with him, and that's, that's what we see. So he's just got his new disciples um, Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. This is awesome. When the, ran, when, the, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, uh, they have no wine. They have no wine. Here's what I find really cool, too. Uh, on the cross, speaking of the third day, there's one practical uh, thing Jesus has to kind of settle. Everything else is spiritual. He's like, it is finished. Father, forgive them. But you know what he does on the, on the cross? He takes care of his mom. He says, John, you're going to, mom, this is now your, your son. John, this is now your mother. And he takes care of her. He so loves her in this moment. Um, a few things, you know, weddings happen on a Tuesday. It's Hebrew culture. It was the third day of creation. Uh, God said it was really, really good twice in that day. You, many of you have maybe heard this text. You know, it's a whole week. So you got to imagine if you run out of wine, it's not just for the night. It's a lot. It's a big deal. Uh, you know, there's an honor culture. I don't know if you've seen The Chosen, but they just do this episode really, really well. Um, so here's the one lesson. I got two lessons for you, and I'm going to teach in, it, within it. And, 
and just be gracious on the time, maybe. Maybe you just give me like a five-minute warning, and I can be like, okay, let's just end here. Can you do that? Okay, because I'm not going to look at the clock. Um, I love this. So we read, when the wine ran out. So you have this moment when something is not going well, which is very important. It's a very important uh, to her, to the wedding, to the people. And there's just this moment in time where there seemed to be an issue that no one can fix in the moment. And the per- first person to take the initiative when, when there's nothing that can be done is Jesus' mom. And here's the lesson we learned. Jesus' mom talks to Jesus about it. That's it. Like, I, I know that's the most simple point. But in sharing with Jesus, she's releasing the need. She doesn't even tell him what to do. She knows his nature enough that what she does is she just pulls Jesus aside and says, this happened. And, and right now, it's like, well, you're like, James, that's not really that profound. Here's why it is profound. I can't tell you because I've been a pastor for 16 years. How many times in counseling sessions with people who've been in ministry, like from brand new Christians, but to Christians who've been in church for 40 years, when they come in and their stuff's happening, and I ask this question, have you asked Jesus about it? Have you shared this with him? They look at me like that's not an option. Have you just shared with Jesus to get his perspective, to get his heart? I can't tell you how many times when someone's going on, going through something, I'll say, have you asked Jesus what he thinks about this? And it's this act of just going, I need to bring him in the room. He has an opinion. He has a, he ha- that's, that's what you learn. Let me say this from the intimacy. When you start spending an hour a day with Jesus in the forest and you feel in your inner being that you just can't wait to be with him, it's you just bring everything. But it's more about a conversation of knowing what his nature will be like in that. It's getting, you're asking him questions. What do you think I should do in this lack, in this thing, with this person? And you can hear him to go, you need to forgive them or you need to do this. And here's what I love about Jesus' mom in this moment. She just knows. She just knows. I can't do this if he doesn't come along with me. And here's one of the pictures Jesus gave me. So uh, I was let go as a pastor uh, at my conservative church. They're awesome. I love them. Um, but I started believing in the gifts of the Spirit. I started telling people you can hear His voice. And I used to uh, just say, God only speaks through the Scripture. We can only trust Him in this way. And I started believing that everything I read about His nature and what He was like was normative, that we can still pray for the sick. We can still, you know, I remember the first time we had any deliverance at our church, I tried to explain to myself and the elders, like, all the demons are not in Africa. It's crazy. There's still, there's some here. There, there's like a few dozen here. And, uh, and we, should, we should talk about the stuff Jesus talked about. And, and, and didn't feel, it didn't feel like I was moving away from Scripture. It just, moved, it just felt like I was starting to bring it up into how I saw things. And, and uh, the reason I'm telling you that story is it's going somewhere, which I'm trying to remember uh, because I'm talking about Jesus help me out here. What? Your needs. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, come on. Where was I going? No, it'll come. It'll come. I actually, I don't feel weird right now. I'm learning how to just wait and listen. Um, it'll come. Hold on.
Okay, I got it. Okay. Um, so after I was asked to resign, I, I went up to my secret place, and I, I, it was really, really heavy. I put my resignation letter in, and I was going to this spot with these pink flowers he told me to buy. And I, I go to the river, and he, he's, I, so I get on my knees. The river's right here, and I say, what do you want me to do? And he says, throw them in the river. And, he, and I look at them, and I hear him say, this is your church. He's like, you're in here, and I'm in here, and you've done a really good job. And I remember just getting his perspective, getting what he thinks about what happened in my life, which would have been the hardest time of my life. When you start believing that he's like this, it does cost. People do start hearing you and go, I, it's a little subjective. Like we, it does start costing, and it cost me the church I planted for 10 years. And when he said to me, you've done a really good job, I cried. And I could feel, I can feel him right now. I could feel his love. And he said, you're going to put it in. And so I put it in. And um, he said, do not come back to this place symbolically. You're going to leave the church with me and how I see you with me. And then I turn around and he said to me, leave your jacket. And I'm like, what? And, you know, I kind of have the like, am I really hearing him? Do I need a psychiatric evaluation? Because this, but I'm like, you know, so I say out loud, I said, God, like, I will. But I like this jacket. It's a really expensive jacket. You know, I said that to him. And he laughed. He laughed. And I didn't understand, but I didn't feel bad about it. So I, I kept walking, and I could feel this push. And I knew it wasn't like the enemy. I was just like, why is this? I said, God, I just gave you the church. It was so beautiful. You were so close. Why do I feel this pressure? And I hear this. You didn't leave the jacket. And I'm, and I'm thinking in my head, like, I never asked him this question. I said, what is on the jacket? And I can see the word Pastor. And there was so much in the moment wisdom I didn't know I needed to survive that season. And here's what he told me. He said, you've done a really good job in this role. And he said, you're going to come down the mountain. You can't come down the mountain as a pastor. And I didn't know that. I lived as a pastor for 20 years. And he was saying, you've given me your church. But if you go down that mountain and try to pastor your life through this, it's not going to work. You have to surrender everything is where I'm going. And when, when Mary's like, there's no more wine at the wedding, it's symbolic for I, I can't do that. Like, I, but I'm trusting in your nature so much, I'm going to leave everything on the mountain. So I left everything on the mountain. I threw the jacket because I couldn't believe the wisdom of God. Because here's the thing. He knew me enough that he knew that would have crushed me. If I went down the mountain with, I'm a pastor. I got to pastor everything through this. And I just didn't know that that was, so I throw the jacket symbolically. I, I leave it till I can't see it. He's like, go get it. So I'm coming down the mountain and I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been on the day I resigned. Guys, it makes no sense. You know, that verse says the peace that passes surpasses all understanding. That was like full, like in my life. So I'm walking down and I said to him, okay, so what do people call me? Like, cause it was a weird identity thing. It's like, this is who I am. And he just said, beloved son and accepted. And I was like, oh, that sounds like him. That's awesome. And then I see, I see this, uh, it looks like this squirrel or a raccoon, but it's a pure white like squirrel. And he's just chucking stuff out of my backpack. I'm wearing this backpack in this picture. And I'm like, that was, you know, and I'm walking down, I'm almost on the car. And I say to him, I said, is the Holy Spirit chucking stuff out of my backpack? And I hear this, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? And I felt so light. So like eight days later, I asked the Lord, on a, I was like, God, what was in my backpack? And here's what he said, 16 years of the fear of man. And you guys, I can't tell you, there's the power of God in a moment when you surrender can come in and do stuff that therapy, years of therapy would have taken 
because he can just do that. And what I'm telling you is he can do it. Is he has the power to heal the sick. He has the power to heal and chuck stuff out of your soul and back. And I can't tell you, the fear of man hasn't touched me the way it has. It just, he really healed it. And, and there's, this, there's this thing, but here's the principle, is I went up the mountain and I brought Jesus alongside me. And so many Christians don't do this. They don't pull Jesus aside and say, the, we ran out of wine. This is my issue. I have fear. They're pulling him aside. If, if you remember in Mark chapter 9, the disciples can't cast out a demon. Right? Remember that? And so Jesus is up the transfiguration. And, and, and listen, these guys have cast out demons for, like, no one has been more, like, anointed, has given authority, and have watched Jesus do deliverance than these guys. So they're there, and they can't do it. And so they asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast this one out? And Jesus said, remember, these ones come out through prayer and fasting. Now, I think it's okay, biblical, to say that there's a level of intimacy that fasting and prayer brings into your life in terms of spiritual warfare. But I think the real lesson in that story is they pulled Jesus aside and asked. Because there will be times, what about this marriage? What about this business partner? What about this? And it won't be prayer and fasting. It'll be repentance. It'll be this. This one comes out through this. And here's the one thing I've learned in the last probably year of my life is when you just stop and go, what do we do about this? He gives you the direction and it happens. So let me tell you a really fun story. Actually, you know what? Let's read more Bible because that's fun too. Um, okay, this is really good. So he just, she, she doesn't tell him the solution. Just this is the issue, Jesus. I love it. How many of us, though, were like, hey, here's the issue, but here's the solution I want. Please do it this way. She doesn't. Uh, and so Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. He senses she's like, you can do something about it. That's awesome. That's faith. You can do something about this. And then look at verse 5. His mother said to the servants, here's the biggest principle I want to teach you if you, if you want to just have a lot of faith and love for people is this sentence right here. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. That's it. Just do whatever he tells you. Uh, okay, so I have one more story <clears throat> for you. And uh, how are we doing on time? We okay? Two minutes, seven. Ten or less. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was December 22nd. One of the worship leaders at Church Untitled, at our church, a guy named... <clears throat> I don't know why it's in my mind. Help me out, Ryan. Tony. Tony. Um, I was going to say Toby. I was like, it's not Toby. So Tony, um, he, he got COVID really, really bad in September. It was so bad that he had to go to the emergency five times because of, of his lungs and just not being able to breathe. They had to put him on so many different uh, breathing stuff, all this kind of medic, medication for two months, he couldn't get out of bed. It was so bad, and we all knew about it as a church because we're praying for him. And I'm sure there were people that you were praying for, and so we were praying for Tony. And one day on my prayer walk, I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to go and pray for Tony. Just pray, put your hand on his chest and pray for him. So I texted him, I said, Tony, can I come to your house and pray for healing? And he says, yes. And so, you know, a week later, I'm up on the mountain, and it's the morning of, I'm going to his house, and I, it was like 7 a.m., pouring rain, and I just said to the Lord, I said, God, I'm going to Tony's house today. Um, I said, I'm going to pray that 
you heal him, but all his kids will be there and he, it's really bad. I said, God, will you heal Tony? And I hear this, yes. And I'm like, Lord, I'm so sorry for any lack of faith, but I felt like you said yes. I always repeat back sometimes because I'm like, this is what I think I heard. Uh, and I said, okay, God, um, do you want to heal Tony today? And I hear, yes, I will. And I'm like, mm. so I said to him out loud, I said, God, these are lungs. Like lungs don't, you know, like they can't, they're not like a, you know, scab. Like this is a big deal. And, uh, and I'm like, oh man, you guys. And I can, I, cause here's the thing that you're all feeling and maybe you're not, but what if you go into his, his basement suite and you tell him, we're going to pray for healing and nothing happens well in front of him. That's a risk. That is a, I don't know if he's going to do it. And so I need more. And so I just said to him, okay, God, how do you want to do it? Uh, and I hear from head to toe. And I can, hear, I can see oil on his head and oil on his big toe. Now, here's what I want to tell you right now. As soon as I heard head to toe, I wouldn't think that or say that. And I know in that moment, that's a rhema word of God. And a rhema word of God is different than a logos word. So a rhema word of God is when Jesus says, cast your nets on the other side. That is an in the moment. If you do it, it's going to happen. It's, it's, this, it's this guaranteed place of if I obey in this moment. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. If I do whatever Jesus tells you, it's a lifestyle where you're listening to go, God, I'm going to pull you into my situation. And when you ask and he says, do this, you do it. That's what we're learning from how she knows he works and how miracles come into your life. So I'm thinking in my head, I think I got it. So I get on my knees and I said, God, can he share his testimony on Christmas Eve? If, if he gets healed, you heal his lungs. I hear yes. So I'm like, okay, oh my goodness. You know, so I'm like, I get there, I show up in the living room. He can barely talk. It's the worst wet cough. Uh, his kids are in there and just like, hey, you know, James and and, uh, and I'm telling, we're talking for about a good hour about like what we're learning. And I said, you know, I'm like trying to read everything I can. I'm like, what does Randy Clark do? Like, I need help. And so I'm like, okay, Randy Clark says, don't, don't promise you God will heal you. And so I have this, all this like language. I said, I can't promise he's going to heal you, but I've seen a lot of healing. And uh, Tony's like, that's okay. And, and Tony talked about like, he said it was three months from the day he got the, 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 the you know, the text that you have COVID. And uh, he said, the Lord told me that I'm going into a time of hiddenness. In the halfway mark, he would do something powerful. And he said, that's today. And I said, awesome, let's do it. And so he's a big guy. And so I'm like, okay, Tony, I'm going to go to the bathroom quick, and then we're going to pray for healing, and God's going to heal you. So I go to the bathroom, flush, and I hear this, I hear this really faintly, but kind of up over here. I hear this, ready? Head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. I'm like, What? I'm like, God, I, again, here's what I'm, I wouldn't think that. That's weird, and I'm about to pray for something I can't do. This is crazy. So I say to him, I was like, do you want me to tell Tony to stand up and sing head and shoulders, knees and toes? And I hear yes. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, okay, okay. I'll say, hey, t- Tony, you know how you're going to lie on the floor, and I'm going to put oil on your forehead and your big toe, and you're going to do this thing? Um, I said, I want all the kids, so I get all the kids out. It's really fun. It feels like Elijah moment, you guys. I felt like, come on. Anyways, I actually didn't know what God was going to do. But I brought all his kids out because I was like, we're all going to sing head and shoulders, knees and toes. And then I hear eyes, ears, mouth, and nose. And I said, 
I just said, I said, COVID has robbed you of all your eyes, ears, mouth, and nose, and God's going to heal you today. I said, after we pray for you, I want you to stand up, and he's going to heal you, and sing this song and do the actions. So just do whatever he tells you. You know what they do? He's like, fill those jars with water. In the natural, that's crazy. Like in the natural, sing head and shoulders, knees and toes. It just, it's, it just sounds, but it sounds like him. It sounds like what you would do if you knew him intimately. It's, it's, it's this moment where you go, he can do it. And so I'm like, okay, okay, uh, let's do it. So he's on the floor. <clears throat> I put my hand on his chest like this. I said, okay, Tony, 12 deep breaths. So he's going. And in my mind, I said, Jesus, this is all I can do. You have to heal him. And I just said, uh, I said, okay, Tony, are you done? He's like, yeah. I said, okay, stand up and sing the song. And he stands up, you guys. I've never, I've never seen, actually, there's a, there's a part of the story that I forgot to tell you. So on the, on the walk, I asked him, will you heal him in front of me? Because Kim with the knees and the backs, they weren't instantly healed. They healed the moment they started doing the thing they couldn't do. So when she started running, she got healed. Um, and so I'm like, will you heal him in front of me? So I, he stands up and he does this song. And I've never seen wide-eyed wonder, you guys. This is what it looked like. He, so I'm over here, and his wife's right here, and his kids are over here. And he only looks at his wife, and he, he feels like he can't move, but he just says this. He says, Gabby, he just says, there's no burning. And he won't look at me. And he goes, he sits back on the couch, sits down, and he does this. He's like, he looked at me, he's like, I haven't been able to hold my breath for three months. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I think he healed you. I think, Tony, God healed you. And he's like, I think I got healed. And he, I'm like, yeah, you got healed. He has, a, he has an x-ray rack because the, the doctors went away and they said, Tony, your lungs are so bad. You're going to be on heart medication your whole life. Start it now. They're so white. In the, it's It's done. Like, the, the scarring is so bad at this point. And so he's like, I'm going to go get an x-ray today. Because he's like, and he sang this, he's, uh, he's Hispanic, he, like, he sang this song that he, he grew up with um, all the way to the x-ray. And so he gets this x-ray done that day. And the nurse who does all his x-rays, she's like, I'm not allowed to show you this, but you got to see this. And, and he shares Jesus with her. Um, and he's like, Jesus healed me today. And the doctor, his main doctor gets back to him the next day. Um, and literally they didn't call him because they couldn't, they didn't know what to say. So the text from the doctors and the emails say, uh, Tony, we can't talk to you because we don't know what we're doing or looking at, but right now your lungs are quote pristine as if nothing's ever happened to you. Come off all medication now. And I'm like, what? He's completely healed. He's been, he shared his testimony on Christmas. He's been singing on the worship team. And I'm just saying, all that was was an intimacy. It was spending time with Jesus. It's getting his heart. It's, it's when, you, when you get a moment where he says, go pray for that person, and you're, you know what you carry is him. And you don't know what to do, so you tell him. This person's back hurts. I don't know what to do, but I felt like you, I'm staring at them, or they just showed up here. And then you wait, and it's this. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to pray for them? 
whatever you say, do it. So I was at Westside Church. so fun that I'm at Westside praying for the sick. And I was at a worship night. This is like six weeks ago. And, and this is where I'll end because I think there's someone here that needs to hear this word. Um, one of the staff members who I've known for nine years, a guy named Jonathan Haynes, uh, he was part of the prayer team. And so we told, I felt like the Lord says he's healing the sick at Westside. So I told the pastor, Matt and I are friends. He's like, let's do it. So we have the worship night. We're at the back. He says, if you want to pray for healing, God's going to, we believe he's healing tonight. And so come to the back. No one comes to the back. It's one song, no one. There's no faith in the room for healing at this point. And I'm like, I'm just here to be obedient. So right, right now, just, how you, just so you know, I'm just here to obey him. Um, and so I'm at the back, and I got a prayer team of people who have never seen healing. This one girl, actually, I felt like God was like, you need to ask her to pray. And so she's right here. And, uh, and then so Jonathan Haynes is getting water, and he's about to come and pray with us at the back. And he said, hey, guys, um, he said, I was getting water to come and pray, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, Jonathan, I haven't forgotten you either. And he had a horrible knee uh, injury that they, it's so bad they won't even give him a new knee because it's so messed up in all the cartilage areas that it would mess his whole knee up. So I said, this is just how you're going to live your life in pain. And he said, I heard very faintly the Lord said, I haven't forgotten you. And I said, oh, I said Jonathan, I've seen God heal knees. He's going to do it. And I, so I, I closed my eyes and I, can, I asked God, what do you want to do? And then Jonathan immediately says, I've been blaming myself for this injury. And I said, okay, tell Jesus that. And he hadn't told Jesus that. And he tells him that. And I said, Jesus, is there anything you want to say? And he hears, it's not your fault. And he sees a picture of him as a judge. And he's like, no longer do you get to judge your healing. No longer do you get to judge if you get healed or not. And so he repents. And I said, it was so loud of worship. I said, I'm going to bend, I'm going to command the cartilage to change. You need to get healed and you're going to get healed. And I'm thinking of my, the same thing every time. I don't know if this is going to do it. And I just, I just go, okay, Jesus, would you come? And I command you, knee in Jesus' name, be healed. I said, okay, Jonathan, do something you couldn't do before. And you guys, he squats. And he looks and he's like, what? And he's just doing all these things. He's jumping up. He runs out to the stage to go share his testimony. And you can, all the people stand up and like, we're going for healing today. I saw one guy, last story, I'm sorry. I keep saying last, you know, last one. One guy, he had a sciatica so painful, like he barely could come to the, the back. He had it where he was in so much like T3s for two months straight. I see a string that goes to his mom. I said, tell me about your relationship with your mom. Uh, he's like, it's fine. I'm like, hmm, okay. And I'm like, Ashley, there's the person spraying with me. Like, do you hear anything? She's like, forgiveness. I was like, I'm going to ask Jesus to tell you. And this is the principle of what we're learning in this chapter. Jesus tells us stuff. We ask Jesus stuff. It's pretty simple. So I'm like, Jesus is going to tell you what about your mom you need to forgive. I say, Jesus, what do you need to forgive? What does is, what is you need to forgive about your mom? And he feels it, the expectation to be the husband that wasn't around. And he forgives her for her. And I said, okay, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to ask Jesus. So I close my eyes, and I see oil on his hands, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, tell him to put his hand on his hip and command the pain to go and declare his love for his mom and dad out loud. That's weird. That's fill the jars full of water to the brim. And so I said, do this. So he's like, I said, here's what I'm learning in healing and praying for the sick. I just do whatever he tells me. Whatever I hear or see or sense, even if it's crazy, I do it. 
And so he does it, you guys, he does it. He declares his love for his mom and dad. And then I hear the Spirit say, command it to Ben. I said, Ben in Jesus' name. It completely leaves him. Like gone. The pain is completely gone. And he runs up the stage at Westside and shares his testimony. Uh, and it, it's, it's just Jesus. He loves, this sounds so strange then, he loves being himself in you. Like he died to come live inside you because he loves his relationship with you. And I think if there's anything I could impart or pray as I close this time, uh, is that what you hear isn't what you can believe him for. That's awesome. You've probably heard testimonies before. It's so raw to me right now. But the best thing I can tell you is, is this is what I told him before I came here and what I tell him that every time I go and pray for the sick, I'm on my prayer walk and I remember the day I said it to him. It was December 18th. I said this to Jesus. I said, Jesus, I'm preaching today. And then I said this sentence. I said, and even if it doesn't go well, I still get to come back here tomorrow. And I just didn't know that was in me. I didn't know that just wanting to be with him was just better than if the sermon went well. And literally, before I came here, I said, God, I'm going to go tell people you're healing them. And even if no one gets healed, I get to come back here tomorrow. Because the best part of your life is that intimacy with Jesus. The best thing you can cultivate is a lifestyle of just being with him. And then in being with him, if you all of a sudden are staring at someone for a long time and you can feel his compassion, ask him, what do you want to do? And if you hear, put your hand on their neck and you hear a sentence like that, that is, look right at me. Everyone is. That's like no one's not. That, that is your moment of casting on the other side, okay? I'm going to do a quick reference. How many of you have seen, like, you love Marvel? Anyone love Marvel? Okay, so I was watching Marvel with my daughter because she's 12 now, so we have to watch them all. This is what you have to do when you turn 12. And so I'm watching Thor. I'm watching, I'll bless you with Thor. And it's, this, that sounds horrible. Okay, um, and I'm watching Thor, and God speaks to me while I'm watching Marvel. There's a moment where Thor is on his knees and he is the anointing of Asgard, and he does this, puts his hand out, and listen, look, he waits. He waits till he gets the hammer, but as soon as he gets the hammer, it's over. And as soon as I saw that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, that's you and me. He said, you have the anointing from heaven. All of you have the anointing. You have the Spirit in you, but so many Christians don't do this. Just wait till you get it. Wait till you get his love, wait till you get his word, wait till you get what Jesus tells you to do. I lived for 15 years of ministry, like, you know, making spaghetti and just hoping anything I say would stick and hoping God would bless it and pray that one, one piece would stick. That's different than I know I'm anointed, so I'll wait. And when I got it, it's happening. That is hearing God's voice. That is believing what Jesus wants to be for you. So that's what I want to pray. I want to bless you with it. And some of you, I do believe, are going to be healed this week. But if you want to pray for healing today, I felt like we weren't supposed to do it publicly. So we will, I will go back there. I've, I hear, I'm going to Randy Clark you right now. I don't know if he's going to heal you. I can't promise he will, but I've seen a lot of healing. I've only shared like half of the stories that I'm telling you. Okay, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the extra time I took. I just... I do bless, I pray, I pray for encouragement. I pray that there'd be so much faith this week, that there'd be so many moments of hunger, but a hunger to, 
to actually like Jesus' mom, who knew you so well in your earthly time. At this point in this story, in its actual context, no one knew you better than your mom. And she knew what you were like, and she knew if she didn't have a solution, she could just bring it up to you. And I pray, God, whatever is happening in this room and hasn't been shared in the name of Jesus, just there's no shame, share it with him this week. Find a forest walk. Find just a space to share with Jesus what the wine running out is in your life. Tell him. And then, Jesus, you're so loving. You're so responsive. And I pray, God, that you'd give them faith and love that whatever, that, that just like your mom told the servants, what, do whatever he tells you. That we would live, this church life tree would live from a source that they are known for just doing whatever Jesus tells them. And if Jesus isn't telling them anything in this point, then just like I said and how you spoke to me through Thor, give them the confidence to put their hand out and wait. I pray for a blessing of intimacy in Jesus' name, of waiting. Yeah, and Lord, for that, for those two or three people who felt like they've missed it, just right now, just lift that off them. I pray, Jesus, if the lies that they've missed it, I just ask right now, right in this prayer, what is the truth? You see who they're becoming. Jesus, thank you that your word is living and active. That we're to read it and go, this is going to be how I'm going to experience and encounter Jesus. Thank you that you love us. I pray the moms would really feel close to you. And even the pain some some real pain. Even that that moment where you healed June, just seeing that string to his mom, some of the unperceived mother pain, just heal it. Thank you that we get to just be your sons and daughters. So go with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.